morning, everyone. Late uh, yesterday afternoon, around 5 o'clock, I had a call from the bishop's assistant uh, informing me that uh, the bishop would not be able to be with us today because he's sick. And he had uh, tried, he thought he might be able to, but he was, uh, she said that he sounded terrible and really needed to stay home. So we are not going to have the bishop's visit today. And because of that, our coffee hour will be as usual. Uh, my, one of my great concerns was that the children had made minors that they were going to wear when they came in today. So we may, if it all works out, we may have a brief time during announcements when the children get in front of the altar with their minors and get a photo of them so we can send them to the bishop and wish you well. Uh, the vestry says we bought the food. The vestry and this still are going to have lunch together, those who are here. Uh, also, uh, we will have a blessing of the uh, carvings that are, have just been completed for the 14 organs that was dedicated last fall. And then finally, just a reminder to everyone, those who are making announcements, please try to keep them not longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, let us continue with our work with this. Join together.
Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served to Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of So Naaman went in and told his Lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten pounds of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Just look and see how he's trying to do a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Nehemiah came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. And Nehemiah became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Tarkar the river of Damascus? Better than all the waters of Israel? Can I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. And his servant approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was to wash and be clean? So he came out and immersed himself seven times in Jordan. According to the word of the man of God, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Here was the spirit of the
first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Do you not know that in a race, the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it, so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do shoes. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer prayer of cleansing what Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and to spread the word, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out of the country. And people came to him from every world. The Gospel of the Lord. Speaking this. 
bishop recognized his three friends as Fisher. Bishop, they explained, we so glad to meet you. We hear your boat go past island and come hurry, hurry, meet you. What is it you want? asked the bishop. Bishop, they said, we forgot lovely prayer. We say, our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom comes. And then we forget. Please tell us whole prayer again. The bishop felt humble. Go back to your homes, my good men, he said. And each time you pray, say, we are free. You are free. Have mercy on us. But what the bishop recognized in those three fishermen was living faith. And perhaps what he recognized in himself was religion. We, I think, live in a world that is filled with religion. There are all kinds of religions. And I think that we in the church sometimes confuse the difference between religion and living faith. But what we see, I think, over and over in the Gospels is Jesus challenging religion and inviting people to become active with a living faith, worshiping a living God. Today's Gospel, I think, is a beautiful illustration of this. A leper approaches Jesus, kneels before him, and begs that Jesus will heal him. He says, if you choose, you can make me clean. And Jesus was so moved with pity that he stretched out his hand and he touched the man. And then he said, I do choose to be made clean. And immediately the leper is cleansed of his leprosy. Now to us this sounds like another miracle story. But to those who heard it, or those who may have seen it in the first century, this was truly extraordinary, going beyond anything that a simple healing might mean. Because you see, lepers were castaways. They were people who were cast out. They could not live with the rest of the people of the culture because they were unclean. And it was believed then that they were, uh, they were unclean because, and they had leprosy because they had sinned. And so unless they went into remission or had some healing, they were always on the outside. They had to wear tattered clothes. They were told that they should not cut their hair and to let it grow and not pull it. And whenever they came upon a person who was without leprosy and assumed to be clean, they were to cover their mouths and well, unclean, unclean. So the person would stay away. What's so amazing about this story are two things, really. The leper himself decides that he is going to approach Jesus. And he doesn't yell out, unclean, unclean. But rather, he approaches him and begs him to heal him and to make him clean. But then the most amazing thing happens. Jesus touches the leper. And in doing so, according to the law of Leviticus, Jesus now is unclean himself. Now from our perspective, on this side of the cross, I think it is clear to us that we can see very clearly that Jesus, in effect, has taken on that man's uncleanness in order that that man might be clean. He has borne that man's sin. And Jesus tells him to go and present himself to the temple, to the priest, and to obey the laws 
this one New Testament uh, professor talked about uh, how, or it was either New Testament or Old Testament, but he was talking about how he had uh, had cancer as a child and eventually lost both of his legs. And he said, the psalm for today is the psalm that I love and I often weep over when I read it. Because he said, that psalm speaks to my being healed, my being made whole by God and the joy that comes from that. And he said, I believe that that is the psalm that was read when the lepers came to the temple and declared to the priest that they had been healed and made clean and the priest affirmed it. So when you get a chance, look at that psalm again and think about it in terms of perhaps your own healing, perhaps your own needs. I think that all this reminds us that religion tends to distinguish between those who are on the inside and those who are on the outside. But living faith is always about reconciling. It's always about knocking down the boundaries and inviting all to come into a relationship with the living God. If we are preoccupied with who is clean and who is unclean, we have missed the point that Jesus is trying to make over and over again in the Gospels. Jesus invites you and me into a living, loving relationship with the living God. And it's a relationship where we see that we all are sinners. We all, in a sense, are unclean and need the touch of the Master to take on our uncleanness and to forgive our sins and to reconcile us to God. And so we cry out, Touch me, Lord, and I shall be clean. And he does, and we are. That's the faith of the three fishermen, who could only pray that strange little prayer. They prayed faithfully. We are free, you are free. Have mercy on us. Amen. <laughs>
smile on your life so that you'll be going into fourth grade and fall or older I'm the director of camp. Um, on the um, lectern in the parish hall, there are some cards that have the camp website on it and some brochures. I invite you to consider that for a young person in your life. The, the, uh, the week that Trinity will be there especially is the last <coughs> July 29th of August. And also, uh, in your bulletin, there is a notation about the designation for the loose offering today. Even though the bishop is not here, we would love to be able to send him a check. Um, <coughs> and the diocese and support of theological education for our seminary. Uh, many seminarians are graduating with great debt. Remember the uh, Bible Choir uh, Festival this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Well, many people can be here for that uh, if you're hosting that. Uh, the board is posted for the annual meeting, and I would like to ask those who have been nominated for various positions, if you are here, please stand. Uh, senior board, Tom Phillips. Or junior board, Claudia Lovesny. Treasurer, Bob Crumey. Clerk, Colby Anderson. And uh, vestry members at large, Steve Google, Steve is over here, uh, Penfield, they're on publication, and Martha Stone, they are away as well. No Martha's there. <laughs> and then finally, our diocesan delegates, and also uh, delegates to the, uh, for our deanery, uh, Ed Pruitt and John Anderson, and Deborah Stessel, in the event that one of the delegates is unable to attend. We thank all of these people.
victory of the Lord make flesh, in the applause of his life to shine in our hearts. To give the knowledge of your glory, in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with the angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing and sing to claim the glory of your name.